Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. On this podcast, if you've never listened before, my goal is that I am going to interview a variety of people, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, business leaders, people with big companies, small companies, even people who work inside companies and are intrapreneurs and people with a side hustle. The idea is to inspire myself and others by learning from some of the best of the best who are out there tackling all kinds of issues because being an entrepreneur, it's a full-time gig. There's a lot of balls that you have, a lot of balls that you have to keep in the air and you can't do it all yourself. If you just live in a bubble, I found early on doing this, and I've been doing this for nine years working for myself, if you try to do it in a bubble, you make a lot of decisions that you have to relearn how to create the wheel. And I've found that by interviewing people, I can learn, and therefore you can learn different ways to sort of avoid some of the traps. And so today I'm really excited about our guest because we're going to talk about rebranding your business and maybe a little bit about rebranding your life. Today's guest is Shannon McCain. Now, Shannon is somebody who I know through the National Speakers Association, and she is probably one of the sweetest, nicest people you have ever met. So fasten your seatbelt because you're going to just get overwhelmed by her graciousness and how open she's willing to be about the changes that she's going through in her business right now. So Shannon McCain, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Tom, thank you so much for having me. I love your intro. And by the way, you are the kindest person on the planet for your introduction of me. So thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. I don't like to do these bios that everybody's PR people send me that talks about every (laughs) little thing you do. But why don't you tell everybody who you are and and what your business is about? And then we'll go and get a little of the background of, of where forth you came. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. So my business is simply that I'm a professional speaker. And there's a big backstory about how I came to become an entrepreneur in this very specific space. But for me, um, the kinds of things that I talk about in the workplace is that I like to say that I have an overarching brand that talks about the soft skills in the workplace. So the way that that translates for me is that um, companies hire people based off of skills or resume or IQ or you know some kind of technical abilities. But then once they put all of those folks into the workplace, can they really get along or work well together? And so for me, I really kind of geek out, for lack of a better word, on <laughs> emotional intelligence, on personal brand, and kind of generational differences, how people communicate what they value and what motivates them. So you didn't like show up as a professional speaker. Where did your career start? How did you how did you get there? <laughs> yeah, so my background is completely different than a lot of people. Um I actually gave my first speech at the County 4-H Fair at the age of eight. And I really fell in love with the concept of being able to deliver a message in front of a group of people and provoke an idea or a thought or a discussion on something that maybe either they already knew about or something that was completely (laughs) brand new to them. So I take that back. You're like the first person I know who's a speaker that you did start out as a speaker. I think at eight years (laughs) old, you, you, you probably win the prize for the person in the business the longest. 
Yeah, well, so I grew up in 4-H, and for those that don't know what 4-H is, historically, it's known as a very rural or agricultural-based organization. However, for me, I did grow up in the city. I grew up in Kansas City, and both my folks said, well, if you're going to be involved in anything, you're going to be involved in 4-H, and lo and behold, they found the local 4-H club in the middle of Kansas City, and so I didn't have cows or pigs (laughs) or an abundance of land. (laughs) And so I took a speech to the county fair every year and really fell in love with it. Fast forward a few years, um, went to college for communications, uh, thought I would go into a different career field and thank goodness I didn't because that was not for me whatsoever. Um, entered the workforce and kind of had two uh, pretty big things that impacted me. One, um, being an executive recruiter and then two, cheering in the NFL. I really got passionate and fired up about how people work well together wait, professionally. Wait, wait, and I wait, started wait. really st- wait. <laughs> you just sort of glossed over. I became an executive recruiter, blah, 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 blah. And then I was cheering in the NFL, blah, 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 blah. Let's back up just a step. The one, I mean, everybody heard that in the back of, of their earbuds when they were listening to this and everybody's going, wait a minute, she used to be an executive recruiter? No, that's not what they were thinking about. So you, <laughs> let's talk about that second one because I'm sure that executive recruiting is is unique and exciting, but you cheered in the in the, in the the NFL? Yes, sir. I did. I did. Who did you cheer um, for? Also, I actually know. I actually yeah. know the answer, but I'm asking for everybody else because they're thinking, "Who did you cheer for?" Yeah. Yeah, and I've learned the hard way across the country to just kind of leave it as a general, general as being an NFL cheerleader. Because if I'm in Denver, gosh darn, I mean they will kick me out of their city. Uh, but I cheered for the Kansas City Chiefs. Go Chiefs! That's good. Well, that's your hometown. That's awesome. Yeah. So how many yeah. years? How many years? <laughs> yeah. How many years did were you a cheerleader for them? Yeah, so I like to say that I cheered professionally for five seasons. However, it was for a couple of different teams. Um, so my background with cheer and dance is a little bit unique as well in that I didn't become a cheerleader until I was a freshman in high school. Again, growing up, um, I grew up in 4-H. I didn't grow up in any other extracurricular activities. And so when I got to high school, I really, really fell in love with the idea of being a cheerleader. made the freshman cheerleading squad my freshman year. <laughs> Never mind those hand-me-down sweaters that were like 20 years old. I didn't even care. I was like, just give me a uniform. And then when I got to college, I saw some of my peers going on to the NFL and the NBA, NBA and MLS. And I just, I couldn't believe that I could continue to do that. And so I just worked really, really hard and um, continued to progress through the ranks as well and then made it to the NFL. And so I was with the Kansas City Chiefs for oh, two years. You could maybe argue to say three <laughs> That, that's but that's an exciting career and it puts you out there in front of people so it dovetails into your your speaking absolutely yeah it all kind of just came together and made a lot of sense for a variety of reasons for sure so what then led you to becoming a speaker to becoming an entrepreneur how did you leave sort of executive recruiting and cheering behind and, and start your own business yeah so there's a kind of a common theme in my life and that I kind of feel like the little engine that could and that Um, I didn't have a lot of opportunities growing up. Um, For as long as I can remember, my father worked two jobs just to put food on the table. And so when I became passionate about something, I didn't have a lot of resources at my fingertips. And again, I... I'm I'm still a millennial, but I grew up pre-technology. You know, if I wanted to learn anything, it was like Encyclopedia Britannica, right? And uh, <laughs> so I I kind of feel like the common theme in my life is that if I had a passion for something, that I tried really really hard to figure out how to make that work for myself. And so if you um, move that 
forward or translate that into the workplace, um, I got really passionate about how people succeeded in their careers and how teams worked really well together. And so as a recruiter and also being one of the individuals that beat out a lot of my competition to actually make it into the NFL, um, I just really started to see some kind of patterns about like what made people stick out or how teams excelled and did great things. And so I just got really passionate about wanting to um, teach other people those things that I personally had learned. And one thing led to another to where it just made a lot of sense for me to build my own business. So now that you've been doing this for a while, what do you love about the life of being an entrepreneur? Ah, (laughs) I love basically everything about it, including the hardships. Um, I think being an entrepreneur is not for everyone. And I think a lot of people also learn that the hard way. So you really have to ask yourself, do you have the innate uh, inner characteristics to really sustain um, what you're trying to achieve? You know, a lot of people want to become an entrepreneur because they think there are um, sexy pieces about it. You get to make your own schedule. You get to sleep in in the mornings. You get to, um, you know, call the shots and do whatever you want. But there's also a lot of pieces to it that you have to have an intrinsic motivation to be able to pull through when the going gets tough. Or uh, as you had mentioned in your introduction, that um, you have to continually put yourself out there in different circles so that you can continue to learn from other people. Because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we'll kind of silo ourselves off and working from home and not getting any interaction or any influences in other areas. And so anyways, for me, um, being an entrepreneur just makes so much sense because I, I have the perseverance to be able to pull through when the work ethic really needs to kick in. And um, I do love those parts where you can call the shots and Mm -hmm. just kind of create the life that you love. Are there any parts of it you don't like? Are there any days you think, oh, if I still worked for like an executive recruiting firm, someone would give me a check every two (laughs) weeks and I could just check it? Yeah, I think, um, I think I, no, I love the clients that I have. I love the type of work that I do. I love the lifestyle that it's afforded me. I think if I were to change anything, it's just that I don't really care for the administrative side of things, <laughs> like having to deal with the invoices and the contracts or having to follow up with clients that they haven't paid on time, which very rarely happens um, with the type of clients that I work with. And so maybe that would probably be the only thing. I mean, but at the end of the day, again, you are creating a business that you want and you want it so badly. So, you know, you're willing to work hard enough to do those parts that you don't love. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show is I know that you're going through some stuff and you're kind of an open book about it, which I absolutely love. And that is you, you, <laughs> yeah. I'll just go forth and say you've recently finalized a divorce, but you built your career, at least since I've known you as Shannon Oline. And now you're going back to your maiden name of Shannon McCain. And at the same time, you've decided to just have a fresh start and move yourself to a new city and start over. So you've moved from your your lifetime living in Kansas City and you've moved to Texas, you know, which I love because I live in Texas. Texas is a better place now because Shannon McCain lives here. But you've moved to (laughs) Dallas. So let's talk a little bit about rebranding both your business and your life. What's involved with that? Absolutely. So when you think about a brand, um, brand identity, the concept of brand identity is more powerful and more important now more than ever in the history of the world. And so um, we have 
so much uh, leverage to be able to grow and create and cultivate a brand. And so um, you can think about that as either a, a company as a brand. You can think about that as a product or a service as a brand. Um, you can think about me as an individual, a human being as a brand because I've built my entire speaking business around myself. And as you had mentioned, um, people in my life today do not know that I actually started my business before I ever even got married. And so I've done this rebrand now <laughs> twice. I did it from going from my maiden name to my married name and now back to my maiden name. <laughs> well, and, and that's interesting because when I was thinking about this episode and how it can benefit people, it's not just people going through divorce. It's the same thing for women when they get married or an individual for any number of reasons changes the name of their company. Maybe there's they've changed their focus. Maybe they want a more corporate sounding name. I, I've known a ton of people who've changed their business name three, four years in from business name X to business name Y. And so this this is a serious thing. And in this world where it's not just a few people who can find you, now everybody can find you because of social media and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and you know your website. All of those things are part of this. And I mean, you can read you, you can redirect your your website, right? I mean, Shannon Shannon Oline could redirect to Shannon McCain. That's great, except for the fact that what about everything else? So so what's been involved with this name change? And maybe you can give a little thought since you've done it once before the other way. Yeah, so I think as being a small entrepreneur or a solopreneur, um, there's a lot more emotional attachment to these sorts of changes than, say, maybe going from XYZ Corporation to XY Corporation. And so that's been a huge hurdle for me, to be completely honest with you. There's emotional attachment to your personal identity, your brand identity, your personal name, and how you feel about yourself and what you think the perception of other people is about yourself. And so that's been a huge piece for me, um, just the emotional identity and the emotional attachment in and of itself. Um, there's other logistical things that are kind of more black and white. Like when you think about, um, like as you just said, uh, social media and um, having to change your name across all those platforms or just changing email addresses or even your marketing materials. I mean, I still have all of my marketing materials that I still have to change. And, you know, I'm two, three months into this to where I'm still trying to like, you know, make that whole brand identity come to life back with my maiden name again. So there's so many different pieces that are just kind of moving parts to it. And you can be as strategic about it as you want, or um, you can just go with the flow and do what you think feels right. I think that's important for me to communicate today, but what's right for one person is not the same for someone else. Well, I know that you struggled with it because you shared it with a bunch of other speaker friends about, should I, should I just keep, <laughs> yeah. should I just for professional reasons, just keep my married name, even though I'm no longer married, you know, is, is that the direction to go or, or, or should I switch it? It sounded like there was a lot of a lot of thought that went into this and there was probably, you know, aside from the emotional pieces, there were probably just a lot of functional mm -hmm. pieces that went with it. Yeah, for sure. And what's interesting is that I had a lot of conversations, um, you know, when we're talking about a name change in particular, you know, I would say 95% of the time we're talking about women, right? I mean, men don't often change their name. Although I will say that um, a huge shout out to the country music singer, Thomas Rhett, because he did make a very conscious decision to also take on his wife's maiden name as a part of some of his brand identity. And I thought that was really interesting. But again, 95% uh, of the time, you know, we're probably talking about women here. And so um, I talked to a lot of women that have gone through the same thing that I've gone through. And I've seen 
some stories and some arguments about why they didn't change their name back. And I've seen some people who said, nope, absolutely. The next day I changed everything back and it was what it was. So um, I think what's interesting for me and when I really assess and research brand identity, I think what's important to understand is that there's a connection that people make with a brand. A brand makes you feel something, whether it's conscious or subconscious. A brand makes you either want to make a decision to interact with their brand or not. And so there's a community that's born from that. And it's something that you have to kind of be, you know, cognizant of. Well, you know, I, I think both names sound great, but I think somehow, you know, I said it to myself before we started the show because I've known you as Shannon Olean and I wanted to make sure I introduced you as Shannon McCain. I don't know. I think Shannon McCain sounds cooler. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, and I just want to be clear that my maiden name is M-C-K-A-I-N, not M-C-C, which right. I know that I'll have to battle moving forward, but I'm okay with that. Well, because there was that guy, John McCain, who probably made the name, you know, pretty, <laughs> right. pretty straightforward. You know, but fella. yeah, but you know, but the thing is, is that actually is sort of a win-win because I think it's a strong, like I said, it's, it just sounded cool when I said it to myself getting ready to do the interview. But the other thing is, is I think the K actually, in a way, makes you stand out a little bit. Like, I spell Tom, T-H-O-M, and I never thought right. that that was going to be part of my brand. It really didn't make any sense. As a kid, it was T-O-M, and people always called me Todd, and it sort of made me mad for some reason. And so, hmm. you know, around college age or right after college, I just started spelling it T-H-O-M so people would remember it. I went into sales, and, you know, I didn't hmm. like the idea that people always thought I was Tim or Todd. And so I thought that would at least cause them to stop and look. And as it turned out, now that I make hmm. my living around my own name, I mean, it was the smartest thing I accidentally ever did. And so I think that the McCain with a K will serve the same purpose. It'll make you just a little more memorable as to, oh, yeah, it's Shannon McCain with a K. Gosh, yeah, I love that so much. So you have this thing that you're like me, your, your life, your business and your personal life kind of get rolled in together. When you're a solopreneur, there's there's very little line uh, separating that. So So you go through the divorce. You decide to take professionally and personally your maiden name back on. And then right in the middle of it, you decide to start in a new city and get a fresh start. And you, you did you did a lot of homework. You searched around several different locations, and you've landed in Dallas. Uh -huh. Now, is getting does that help when you get to Dallas? Do you get to just start meeting people and be like, "Hi, I'm Shannon McCain," and you have like a total fresh start socially? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so background on that is that I lived in Kansas City my entire life, and I'm not going to disclose exactly how old I am, but it's been long <laughs> enough now to where oh, 26. Um, really, Come on, I, we know it's 26. <laughs> You're so kind. Um, <laughs> So, and again, like I even went to college in Kansas City. I mean, people don't believe me when I say that, like, I went there for high school, for college. I was on TV there. I cheered in the NFL there. I mean, it was my entire life has been wrapped up in that city. And I've tried to get out a couple of different times, but it never worked until now. And so now is the time for me that it just, for so many personal reasons, it just made so much sense. And so, yeah, I've been here exactly two weeks. Um, it did get started off just a little rocky. Um, there's some hiccups along the way that I wasn't expecting, but that's life in general. And so now as I'm getting settled in here these last couple of days, um, you're absolutely right. I think it's a fresh start for me to just, you know, put on my game face or not my game face and just be really real and authentic with people and just walk up to them and say, hi, I'm Shannon. I'm new to the city. I can't wait to get to know more about this town. Can we be friends? Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So what advice do you have for somebody who has to face some sort of a, of, of a change, whether it's in their their business or their personal life? Because you've got you got it all going on right now, Shannon. What advice do you have for entrepreneurs who are facing change? 
Absolutely. I have so much to say about this because it's something that I've really thought a lot about over the last two years of my life. Um, the first thing that I want to say or the piece of advice I want to share is that what's right for one person is not what's right for somebody else. And so I just want to be really clear about that, that sometimes we feel like we need someone to pave the path before us and we have to follow in the same footsteps, but yet maybe it doesn't feel as authentic to ourselves. And so you really have to do a check with yourself about what feels right and what doesn't feel right and be okay and be grounded about those decisions that you're making. Now, for someone like me, um, I did a lot of research. I talked to a lot of people. Like you said, I was very vulnerable with a lot of our speaker friends because I really wanted to hear all sides of the story and what other people's thoughts were. And then at the end of the day, I took a step back and said, okay, what is the best sense or advice for myself? And then that's the path that I'm going to move forward with and going to be comfortable with. Um, I think another thing that I would mention or piece of advice is that um, if you're making change or if you're something that's, you know, a big hurdle in front of you um, to not just get down on yourself about that or wallow in it. But knowing that you have that piece that's changing and it could be a big dramatic change, um, can think about all of the other pieces or components to your life or your brand or your company and keep thinking about the consistency that you can have in all those other areas. So brand identity isn't just about a name. Um, it's not just Nike. It's not just Target. It's not just Walmart. Um, you have different, uh, things that you associate with each of those brands. And so for me, um, you know, even though my name was changing, you know, my, um, my bio and my photograph are still the same. My um, look and feel is still the same. Um, the facts my background are still the same. I'm still a former NFL cheerleader. I'm still a former executive recruiter. I'm still a really sought after motivational keynote speaker. And so when you can kind of like, I guess, pull those pieces apart, it can make the change not feel as big of a um, hurdle to overcome because you know, you've got those other constants in your life. So what advice do you have then for somebody backing up sort of what I ask everybody, not just somebody going through a lot of change? What advice do you have for somebody who wants to start a business and, and maybe maybe being – let's look at this from this angle. What advice do you have for women, whether they're single or married, who are going to build a business around themselves in regards to the naming? What would you do differently if you knew you were going to have to change the name not once but twice in your business? Yeah, gosh, oh my gosh, I love this question so much. Um, a year ago, I wouldn't have known exactly how to answer this. But today, I'm so excited about this. So I think first and foremost, the first thing that I always say is, let's do a SWOT analysis, okay? So let's talk about our strengths. Let's talk about our weaknesses. Let's talk about our opportunities. And let's talk about our threats, okay? It's the same thing that any business, whether it's a million-dollar-a-year business to a $500 billion-a-year business to a $100,000 business, um, you have to know what you bring to the table really well you have to know what areas of what you bring to the table are really weak. You have to understand what your opportunities are in the marketplace. You also have to understand what your threats are. You know, so a threat for me with the name change and doing it not once but twice now is that there's probably a little bit of brand confusion in the marketplace about who I am. And in such a noisy world that we live in today, um, you have to really consider that. And is there going to be a disruption there and people are going to get confused and then just move on to your competitor or not? So that's a threat. Another threat would be um, what are uh, interesting um, other things that people would associate with that name change or with that business name. So we mentioned already John McCain, um, the famous politician. 
our notable politician, you know, I'm probably going to be up against that or battling that. I also know that um, there's another, uh, I'd say a handful of other Shannon McCain's, at least here in the United States. And, you know, thinking about that as a threat and does that, is it actually a threat or, or not? And really doing the research around those sorts of things. So I think for anybody um, going, starting a business or changing the name of their business, you really have to be clear about what you're walking into. Um, I did the same thing about becoming an NFL cheerleader. I said to myself, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What's my opportunity? And what are my threats? And I think that that really helped me to achieving my goals and, and across all areas of my life. Well, I, I think you're, you've done a great job with everything that you've done. So I imagine this next chapter of your life, you're going to be very successful and you're going to look back and just be able to have that as, as one little thing. And I imagine with the way my mind works, you actually, as you get a little farther down the road, you might be able to start sort of a little consulting arm for people who face what you've gone through and, and are, are looking to change their professional name. I think that there's, I think there's a lot of people out there who are going to relate to what you've been through. I think you're going to be able to be a resource for so many people. I surely hope so. I mean, that's kind of the definition of my life at this juncture, that all I want to do is just to be able to give back and to help others, whether that's through speaking or consulting. No, I think that's great. Hey, so I've got a couple more questions for you. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Shannon McCain. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Shannon, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What do you think the coolest thing you're doing with your business is right now? Oh, golly. Okay. Um, I would say one of the biggest pieces that has gotten me really excited has been an evolution for a couple of years now, but now I'm poised and ready to really try to launch it to the next level. So um, what I haven't mentioned yet in this particular podcast is that I actually got started as a speaker in what we consider the youth market. So for me, I consider that high school and college students. It was right after I hung up my pom-poms and finished cheering in the NFL. And I really had a deep passion to give back to high school and college students and kind of be their cheerleader as they move into different parts of their lives. Um, from that, over the last couple of years, organically, I started moving into the more corporate arena. And now I've um, had the gosh, the honor to say that I've worked for um, global brands like Rubbermaid, Garmin, AT&T, Sprint, um, GE. I mean, you name it, like I've just had some really cool opportunities. And so with that, and this move to Texas, um, I am so excited. And I think it's really awesome and cool that I'm going to really just launch the heck out of this thing and see where 2018 takes me. And I think there's a piece of that that I'm a little bit nervous about. But I mean, I've overcome obstacles in the past. And I think it's really cool that I'm ready to do it again. I think that's great. Well, like I said, I think the sky's the limit for you. So I think that's that's awesome. So I love to ask the people who come on this show, who else it is that they think is cool? Because we could talk about you, Shannon, all day long and the things that you've done. We could, pro <laughs> we could probably do a whole show just on being an NFL cheerleader. But I think great entrepreneurs are observers. So I love to ask the people who come on this show out there in the entre entrepreneurosphere, who do you see where you think, wow, he or she, pff, they're crushing it. They're cool. 
<laughs> well, there's a couple of people. So one of the things that I did to kind of diversify the types of content and information that I was getting in my life, um, about three or four years ago, I joined a group called KC Roundtable. And we kind of built it off of meetup.com. If your listeners aren't familiar with meetup.com, you can find any group of any genre in any city across the country, maybe even world of people that have similar interests as you. So I was a part of the French speaking group as a part of the sailing group. But I was also a member of this group called Casey Roundtable. And Casey Roundtable was a group of 20 and 30 year old something ish entrepreneurs. We were kind of flexible about that. Um, and folks that, you know, kind of were starting out startups, solopreneurs, and they were trying to build these great ideas in the Kansas City area. And so I've been a member of that group for about three or four years now. And one of the folks that, um, a couple of the folks that just really impressed the heck out of me, um, there's a fellow by the name of Glenn Dakin that is trying to automate the process of buying and selling vehicles and doing it in a way that is so unique and so cool that's completely different than some of the really big companies that we know of and just really changing the way that you think about going and buying a car off of a car lot or off of, um, oh gosh, you can do it off of a, what are those other, I forget what the other um, parts are. Of course, again, showing my age again, I would just go to the dealership down the street. <laughs> Car- <right>? Carvana, Carvana <laughs> um, and some others. Yeah. Carvana. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been really impressive and cool what he's been doing. Um, another company or um, person that I really admire a lot um, are the folks over at this company called Idle Smart. Um, Ryan Bennett, um, Andrew, uh, Jeff Lynch, they are just changing the way that uh, diesel engine trucks um, over, you know, if you think about over the road trucks from East Coast to West Coast and back um, are doing they're driving. And so they created a proprietary device that um, starts and stops the engine whenever a truck driver will pull over on the side of the road and um, will be able to monitor the levels, the coolant levels, the engine levels and whatever, and be able to say, hey, we're going to save companies money by being able to monitor this and shut these uh, systems off if we need to, if a driver pulls over on the side of the road and just idles for some sense of time. So they just, I respect the heck out of what those guys have been doing. Um, In the speaker world, oh my gosh, I don't know about you, Tom, but I get chills just thinking about like where Brian Fanta is going and Nate James and just, um, gosh, there's just so many folks that are just doing some really, really cool things that I don't know about you, but I kind of like every day just kind of like creep online and just watch what other people are doing and (laughs) try to share in their success because they're doing Awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah, we we are fortunate. We know some really cool people. That's that's the highlight of of living in the in the speaker world and getting involved and making friends. Uh, I'm surprised at, at the different things that the people I know have been able to achieve. So, no, I think that's great. And and you know, I always tell people we could go on. The list is long of people you probably think is cool, but yeah. you know, but I, I think that's awesome. So the last question I ask everybody who comes on the show because I think we want to do more than make money. I think entrepreneurs. I think we have a responsibility to leave some sort of a mark behind. So I always ask people, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Mm, gosh, love this question, Tom. Um, Gosh, giving back is something that's really, really important to me. Um, You know, I still spend some time in the education space and trying to give speeches, not at my full fee, but still trying to give back to um, high school, middle school students, um, college students. Um, And then also one of the charities that I support that really, really means a great deal to me is called Variety, the children's charity. And Variety is all across the world. um, And it's their principle of what they exist for is just very simple and basic. 
that all children deserve the opportunity at inclusion, meaning that we're trying to make more inclusive playgrounds um, for children that maybe are in wheelchairs or need other devices to help them walk. Or if a child maybe has um, some sort of a cognitive disability, that perhaps there's more technology to be able to help that child communicate both verbally or non-verbally. And so um, that's a, gosh, that charity really means a great deal to me. And then last but not least, I mean, I can't, I can't say enough about 4-H and what 4-H does for children. I mean, honestly, Tom, like, um, I'm going to cry here in a second if I get into this too much, but um, I would not be where I am today if it weren't for 4-H and the opportunity it gave me at the age of eight to be able to give that first speech at the county fair. And so um, I do as much as I possibly can at the national level and also at the local level to really try to create awareness about 4-H and the um, opportunities that it offers. Well, I mean, I, I think I think cheers to all those things. That That's wonderful. Well, Shannon McCain, thank you so much for being a guest with us on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. If somebody's listening to this show and they're like, I have to know more about this lady. Maybe they need to hire you as a speaker. Maybe they need to hire you as a coach because they're going through a name change and they're freaked out and they found this episode and they're like, she's who I've been looking for. How do they, fi- <laughs> how do they find you? Absolutely. Well, so there's going to be a variety of ways moving forward. So um, I still own the domain names, shannonmccain.com and also shannonoline.com. And I have a really big presence on social media. Um, it's really important to me to stay active and try to communicate with people as best I can. So um, everything will be changing over here within the next couple of days to Shannon McCain as best I can. But yeah, I'm, I'll, you can find me everywhere. Excellent. And we'll have links here on the uh, on the page for on TomSinger.com for this, that this episode will live so you can find her there. Hey, once again, thanks for being with us. And thanks to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every time. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we have a show? Uh, and the audience is growing. So if this is the first time you've ever listened to one of these podcasts, keep coming back. Subscribe on iTunes. That really matters. That's how shows get ranked. Go tell everyone in your office to subscribe. You know, tell the whole company. Subscribe on iTunes right now. Uh, but seriously, if you like the show, leave a review. Just say why you like the show. You can always find it on Facebook at Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. You can find us on Twitter at Cool Podcast. And then everything about me is at Tom Singer, T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. And you can also join the group coaching program, the Potential Mastermind Group. If you ever feel like there's a gap between your potential and the results you're getting, can't do it alone. And that's why I started that group. It's really affordable. You find everything you want at PotentialMastermind.com. Hey, Join us in a couple days when we're going to interview somebody just as cool as Shannon. I know you're thinking, how will you ever find anyone as cool as Shannon? But we always do. But in the meantime, I'm going to challenge you. Go on out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.